Over 40 million Americans have arthritis. What are the most effective natural remedies? You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Dr. Teitelbaum has dedicated his career to researching, developing and teaching about effective treatment for all types of pain. He is a board-certified internist, lectures internationally, is the medical director of the Fibromyalgia and Fatigue Centers based in Dallas, Texas, and the author of Pain-Free 123, a proven program for eliminating chronic pain now. Dr. Teitelbaum, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Great to be with you, Susan. Why do so many Americans have arthritis? Well, there are a number of causes that are contributing to it. More and more research is showing that in many of these people, there is an infectious component. In fact, a study just came out again this month, and it's not the first, showing that doxycycline or minocycline family medications are helpful in people with osteoarthritis. I don't use those routinely, certainly in this population, but in people with severe rheumatoid arthritis, I would consider a trial of doxycycline at the same dosing and form that you would use in somebody with acne, uh, you'll find that it has major effects. But there's another key thing to really look at, and that's the change in the American diet. If you look at the prostaglandin systems, and remember, the NSAIDs work by inhibiting the prostaglandins. There's three main family of prostaglandins, and the PGE1 and PGE3 are anti-inflammatory. And that's when you hear about omega-6 acids, uh, fatty acids, those fish oils make the PGE3 family, which are anti-inflammatory, animal fats, and especially a lot of the grains now, we're finding that there's a dramatic increase in what's called prostaglandin E2, which is a highly inflammatory prostaglandin hormone. So a major cause of increase in arthritis would be the change in the American diet, shifting away from omega-6 fatty acids to omega-3. In addition, obesity, especially looking at knee arthritis, has been shown to be a major cause because of wear and tear on the joints, as is decrease in exercise, which also increases the tendency to arthritis of the lower extremities. So we have multiple, multiple factors that are contributing to the skyrocketing of osteoarthritis. In addition, we're an aging population, and that also tends to contribute. How is it typically treated? Well, typically it's treated with NSAIDs, such as Motrin, Depro, and that whole family of medications. The problem is that the NSAIDs inhibit prostaglandins that also protect the stomach from stomach bleeding. And the current research is showing that conservatively, it is estimated that NSAIDs contribute to well over 16,500 deaths a year from stomach bleeding. So unfortunately, the way that it's being treated is very, very toxic. We spend roughly about 3 to $4 billion a year on NSAIDs and a similar amount on hospitalizations to treat the bleeds that occur from the NSAIDs. What makes this a problem is that if we had no other alternative, it might still be worth considering. But research has shown that natural alternatives are safer and more effective than NSAIDs and certainly much less expensive. How much Motrin does it take to cause GI bleeding that can cause death? It can occur with a single one, with a single dose, but the longer people take it at the higher dose, certainly the more prone they are to getting the bleeds. So it's, I don't want to liken it to a bit of Russian roulette, but that's what we're doing with our patients. may not be a bullet in that chamber, but tomorrow 
It might put them in the hospital or kill them. And again, it would be one thing if we needed it, but the main reason that doctors are not familiar, that they don't teach us about the natural alternatives, but they aggressively teach us about the NSAIDs, is simply that they're expensive. What are the natural remedies? Well, I like people to do a four-step program, and I talk about this in my book, Pain Free, One, Two, Three. And again, I tend to be a good skeptic myself. So when people start to say stuff I haven't heard before, my first question is, well, really? Show me the data. So for those of you who like my book, Pain Free, One, Two, Three, has the references and the re- for hundreds of research studies for everything that we'll be talking about today. So I like to start by rebuilding the joints. And you do this with a three different natural remedies can be helpful. The most important one would be glucosamine sulfate. And it has to be the sulfate form. And dosing is important, 750 milligrams twice a day. It takes six weeks to start to see the effect. But in numerous studies, including cation studies with Motrin, it is as or more effective because it is rebuilding the joints instead of simply poisoning a single hormone system like the prostaglandins. It does take six weeks to see the full effect, though, and then people can maintain the dose as needed. Chondroitin, 1,200 milligrams a day, is a reasonable dose for the chondroitin. It's a little more expensive. You want to get what's called the low molecular weight forms because they're better absorbed. Because it's a bit more pricey, I'm a little less likely to use that as a first-line agent. MSM, methane, which is a sulfur source for the amino acids in the body to rebuild the joints, has also been shown to be very helpful and a dose of 2,500 milligrams is one commonly used in the research studies and can be beneficial. So I begin with glucosamine sulfate, 750 BID, and the MSM, 2,500 milligrams a day for six weeks, and that can help with the joint rebuilding. Now, I will note, even though the majority of studies did have shown the glucosamine and the MSM and the chondroitin to be helpful, there was one notorious study that got a lot of media attention where the headline said, don't use glucosamine, it doesn't work. And this was a large study. But the interesting thing, and it was in the New England Journal of Medicine, is when you actually look at the study, what the data showed was that glucosamine plus chondroitin was as effective as Celebrex, and for mild to moderate, I'm sorry, in mild to moderate, and in moderate to severe arthritis, was far more effective than Celebrex. For the mild arthritis, it was almost as effective, but you had a p-value instead of 0.04, 0.07. But clinically, it was fairly equivalent. But for the moderate to severe arthritis, it was dramatically more effective than Celebrex. So, but what did the abstract give the impression? It said, use Celebrex, don't use natural remedies. Now, an interesting thing was that 11 of the study authors were on the payroll of the drug companies making the pain medications, such as Celebrex and not a single one was involved on the payroll of any of the natural product companies, simply showing that even in the best of journals, it's amazing how people are willing to lie with the statistics and how critical it is to look at the data itself and not at the study conclusion. And I'd like to make a simple point here because it's important as physicians that we realize this in our role as patient advocates. Almost all the information that we get is coming from the drug companies. They're paying for the advertising in our journals, and you see this reflecting day in and out and the kind of studies that are getting reported. And our conferences are paid for. Most of the people standing on the podium lecturing to us are being paid by the drug company to give that talk and then the drug groups. And that's where all our information is coming from. And we have to be cautious because the research has shown, and this is out of JAMA and you look at the main journals, 
that if a study is paid for by the drug company, it is anywhere from four to 20 times as likely to report a positive result than one that is not paid for by the drug company. That means the effect is 400 to 2,000%. If you think about it, the effect of something not being randomized or placebo-controlled is on the order of 30%, and we wouldn't dream of publishing it or using it because of that 30% effect, but it's a 2,000% effect if the drug company is paying for the study. But that data is ignored by our journals, and we are being fed, as Professor Kassir, the past editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, put so aptly, advertisements masquerading as educational activities. It is our job as physicians to look at the data. So when you look at arthritis, the glucosamine, chondroitin, and MSM, more effective than NSAIDs, and that's only step one of a four-step program for healing your patient's arthritis. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author of Pain-Free 123, a proven program for eliminating chronic pain now. Dr. Teitelbaum, what did the NIH study reveal? Well, the NIH study revealed that money can corrupt any organization. Basically, what the study showed was that the chondroitin and glucosamine were more effective than Celebrex, but it was odd that Congress basically legislated that the NIH had to study natural remedies, but it's interesting that the person at the NIH put in charge of that boasted that he had absolutely no experience at all, whatever, with natural remedies, and then hired the drug companies making the competing medications to design and run and interpret the studies on the natural remedies. So what you're seeing with things like St. John's wort, where it was as effective as Zoloft, they picked a study group where the natural product experts said the St. John's wort was guaranteed not to work in. They picked that study group to do the study on. And when the St. John's wort was as effective as Zoloft, the headlines and the abstract are giving the impression St. John's wort does not work, Zoloft works who was designed, given to run the study, the companies making the prescriptions. There's a certain amount of cynicism that occurs in this setting because we've been trained or misinformed, I should say, mostly for economic reasons, not for science, that evidence-based medicine supports pharmaceuticals over natural remedies, but it's incumbent on us to actually mine the scientific literature to see what actually is being said. And it was a shock to me to find that there is good research supporting natural remedies and that for most, this wasn't the case 30 years ago, but now most of these research on medications is being done by drug companies. This is a new phenomenon, and they are skewing the data, and this is being shown that that data is simply almost random. It is near totally not reliable. When you see a 2,000% effect because a drug company pays for the study, that's meaningless data, and it's our job as physicians to really be looking at this. How do you respond to skeptics of natural remedies? Well, basically, I tell them to look at the data. Uh, for example, let's look at other herbals that are very effective for arthritis. Willow bark, which is what aspirin comes from, has been shown to be twice as effective as Motrin, say, for back pain. And this is in head-on studies, far more effective than placebo in, in numerous studies. And, again, with no uh, stomach irritation, because they've done pre- and post-endoscopies in both the Motrin group and the willow bark group, but they have to use the proper dosing, so 240 milligrams of salicin a day. The boswellia has been shown to decrease arthritis 90%, so there's a wonderful product called L-N-Pain. 
in most health food stores. You can get it at vitality101.com, or you can carry it in your office if you want. That, taken over six weeks, will decrease arthritis pain considerably. But what I tell the skeptics is just read the scientific literature. And many of them are unwilling to do so. There was one of these you know, people who rants and rails. I'd be curious to follow the funding, and I wish that that was transparent, because I'm going to guess for a lot of these groups, the funding will trace back to the pharmaceutical industry, which is doing exactly what it should do, which is to try to eliminate all competition by misinformation. That's their job. Our job is to be a patient advocate, though. You know, I, I asked him once, why don't you give any of the research showing the other side? And he said, that's not what I'm paid to do. Dr. Teitelbaum, thank you for joining us today to discuss arthritis. Oh, my pleasure, Susan. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>